0: We're in this series that I'm super excited about. It's called A True Hero. And the whole idea of this series is is taking people, many people from the Welcome to Grace Community Church new new On Demand, well. the weekly podcast from the Sunday services from, at Grace you know, Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, you know, we believe ago, in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, Anybody loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this sport. week's in message sport, with Pastor Travis sport. Turner. The reason I say bad men is because that's what Pastor Hobby played in high school. and I give him a little bit of a hard time, but he's not in here, so take full advantage of that. But I remember in high school, being on the football field or even the basketball courts and whatnot, you could hear the stands, you know, the people in the stands. And how many of you know that that makes it when they begin to cheer for your team? How many of you know that it can shift momentum right it can totally shift momentum like you can be down a touchdown and then all of a sudden the stands go crazy and and next thing you know you're like we got this you know you, you rally and then next thing you know you know you're up a touchdown and that that that's what can happen when you get encouragement and so the problem is is from the field you can't really see or hear what each individual is saying. All you hear is them collectively as one voice, and you know it's good, but maybe it's not good, Steve. I don't know, but there's a whole lot of shouting and a whole lot of yelling going on, and the idea today is, there's Pastor Javi. I thought he was, I, I, <laughs> he was here the whole time. He's like, I'll get him back. All right, all right. <laughs> I apologize in front of everybody for messing with your badminton skills. Um, Uh, but the idea is to bring, it's to bring those voices from the stands to the field. And, and last week we talked about Samson, like what would Samson say to us today? If we were able to bring him from the past to the present, what did he learn with his life? Because I want to remind you, sometimes we get all messed up thinking that these were special people. And while they had a special calling, and there was a special purpose, and a, he had a special anointing on his life, come on, he was a regular dude. He was a regular guy, just like you and I, and so what would he take from his experience serving God how would he bring that to the present and what is it that he would what would he say to us today to you know to encourage us to spur us on this comes from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 it says this therefore and listen Hebrews 12 follows Hebrews what thank you follows Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 11 is The Hall of Faith. It's the scripture that mentions all of the people that have done incredible things. And so it says, therefore, since we've got all of these people, these incredible people in Hebrews 11. Therefore, since we're surrounded by these same people, such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. And I want you to know that these folks, you know, that are in Hebrews 11, they've all they've already ran their race. They've already lived their life. They've already hopefully completed their purpose, what it is that God had called them to do. But guess what? You and I are still running. You and I still are in the race. And so So we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. I believe that all of the people in Hebrews 11 are watching how you live your life. I also have a tendency to believe it might be a stretch. But I have a tendency to believe that and don't this is not gospel. This is Travis. So don't take it as gospel. But I'm thinking if if we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses then it's possible that the people that have gone on before you that served the Lord, that were in Christ, are also part of that great cloud of witnesses. Might be a stretch, but, but wouldn't it be cool or not cool if grandpa was watching you right now? Like it might be really cool, but it might not be so cool. You're like, grandpa, really? Can you just blind him for a little bit? That was funny. No laughing whatsoever. All right. So today we're going to take a look at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Many Marys in our, in our staff meeting, I was asked by Janice. she's like, which Mary? I said, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Mary, mother of Jesus. I believe that Mary is one of the most misunderstood women in all history. In fact, some religions want to take Mary and turn her into a God herself. Let me be clear to you this morning, Mary is not a God. And in fact if Mary was here this morning she would be like the apostle Paul whenever people started to try to worship him right how many of you know when you do incredible exploits for the Lord like people want to elevate you when you shouldn't be elevated right the apostle Paul is like nope pointing to Jesus and Mary would do the same thing what are you crazy no it's all about Jesus it's not about it's not about me but she's one of the most misunderstood women she was you know is worshiped even today almost godlike you know by some religions but the truth is that she was probably a scared young girl do you know this that mary was 14 or 15 years old now listen this woman this young very very young woman was just a person just like you are a person there wasn't anything like like she 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 didn't have anything spectacular or special. She was a person. And so sometimes it's like, man, with that gifting, you know, God gave her this incredible mind. She never worried about anything. She wasn't questioning. This was not the case, man. Imagine if you were 14 or 15 years old. And first of all, if you were visited by an angel that would be really cool but I, I think it would be kind, you would be awestruck like like am I supposed to even look at you or should I say anything and this angel comes to Mary and says hey listen you're going to become pregnant even though you've never been with a man and been means a whole lot of stuff Even though you've never been with a man, you're going to become pregnant. Oh, and by the way, the baby that that you're going to carry is God himself manifest. The fullness of God manifests in the flesh. And she was probably like, "Woo, score. No, she wasn't. She was like, what? I mean, imagine if this conversation was had by an angel to you. Imagine what that would look like. And we we gloss over these things all the time because it's commonplace, it's common story. But I want you to go to the person of Mary and and just ask yourself: what is it that this woman had to go through? So we bring her to this from the stands down to the football field where you and I are playing, and this is what I believe. Mary would say, one of the first things that Mary would say is when God asks you to do something outside of even your comfort zone. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. I want you to know this morning, if you don't get anything else out of today's message, which you will, because God is faithful. Don't miss your moment. God is looking to have many moments in this life with you. He is he is always positioning himself you know to show you and to reveal opportunities. He is constantly giving dreams and vision as to how it is that God wants to use your life to matter in somebody else's life. Don't miss your moment. Oftentimes we miss our moments because we talk ourselves out of why God can't use us. Well, you don't know what I've done. Yes, he does. He knows everything that you've done. Or you allow somebody else to talk you out of why you're not qualified. You know, there's always going to be naysayers. We talked about this also in the, in the meeting. And I think it was Jaina that brought this up. Boy, she really brought some good stuff to the table this morning. I'm preaching her message and not my own. And I'm just saying that there's always going to be... Have you ever had a God idea and then all of a sudden you share it with the wrong person? And that God idea now just becomes a bad idea? Because you listen to the person more than you listen to God when you shouldn't have even said it to the person in the first place. You're looking for affirmation or confirmation when God is all that you need. And sometimes we share our stuff way before we're supposed to share our stuff. And, and and we talk ourselves out of it or we allow them to talk us out of it. I remember I was wet behind the ear, radically saved, don't know anything about the Bible. And I know I'm just called to the ministry. So I go through all the classes to go out to the prison, the main yard. I was, I was saved in jail. DUI, completely drunk, gave my heart to the Lord. Life transformed Would love to tell you that I didn't have any other problems after that. But I would be lying to you from the pulpit. I had a bunch of problems after that. But I was on fire, man. There was a fire inside of my belly. So I'm like, I'm going to the prison. I'm going to preach and teach. And and you know what? I grew more by going out to the prison unqualified didn't know what I was talking about, found out quickly that a lot of these prisoners knew more about God than I do, did a lot more about God than I did. But you know what? I was supposed to go. And if I was going to talk to people or put a poll out there, I guarantee you, probably everybody that I polled would say, "You're not ready. You're not ready." But I didn't, I didn't care what anybody thought or what anybody, I had a fire inside of me. And this was, this is like, like my mind was so like, like, so, uh, it was so, I can't even think how so it was. My mind was so deep thinking and so like, just like I was, this was my thought. If God met me in the pit, then guess what? He can use me to pull somebody else out of it. That was all I had. That was all I had. Like like deep thinking from Travis Turner. That's about as deep as it gets. It's about as deep as it gets. But I'm telling you, it was enough to move me off center. And I'm just telling you this, that God is constantly trying to have moments with you. He's always reaching. He's always speaking. He's always casting vision, right? Right? What is God trying to speak to you today? Number one, this is another thing that Mary would tell us. God moments can seem impossible. Imagine, put yourself in her position. Impossible, never seen anything done like this before. Never even heard of it being done before. Now the angel is coming to her and saying, this is what we're going to do. You know how you know that God is behind it whenever it seems impossible, but you know he's called you to do it. He's not going to call you to do something that you can do necessarily by yourself, in yourself. It's going to require some trust and some faith in him. Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says this. You will conceive and give birth to a son. This is the angel saying to Mary, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Mary responds, how will this be? Since I am a virgin, I've not been with a man. See, see, Mary at that moment, she was working through some stuff. She had just gotten all this downloaded, but she still had some fears to work through. She still didn't quite understand how it is that this is going to come to pass. She was working through things that didn't make sense. And I'm just telling you this, if you're the kind of person that your approach to God is like this, I'll follow God when I can understand God, then you're going to miss God nine times out of ten. Maybe even ten times out of ten. And some of you are so analytical. God, thank you for not making me analytical, but bless the people that are analytical. Like, I don't think too much about anything. My wife, is. she comes right behind me, and she's like, have you thought about this? I'm like, well, no. Well, what about this? Well. No. Well, what about this? Maybe, but probably not. You know, like she, she, she brings all of this together. But I'm just telling you that if you only follow God when you can understand God, then you're going to miss God a lot. Think about this. If that is you, like if you won't move off center, then what you're doing is you're saying, listen, the God that I serve is just the, he's he's no bigger than the size of my brain and my ability to comprehend him. And I'm just saying man, you are missing out on so much. You you know you, you are missing out on so much. Come on, who wants to serve a guy God the size of your brain? God calls us to trust him more than we understand him. You know, I told you about um and I share this a lot because it's just the truth. But when I was radically saved, like, a lot of people will just assume that when God took my alcohol, he took everything else that was, that was messed up in my life. And that, my friend, is not true. Like, I remember my wife praying, God, your word says, the work that you have begun, you will complete, and You will, you will finish. Like, I was a messed up individual. She would have to tell you that she was messed up because I'm not going there, but... But we were, like when we gave our heart to the Lord, both of us, I'll just tell you this, both of us had more baggage than Delta. We, we had stuff that we brought into it. And, and it's incredible how God will, God will immediately remove some things, but other things you've got to work through. And so yesterday, I'm, I'm talking to my wife, we're driving down the road, and I'm like, babe, what is one example That you can give to me. To maybe share tomorrow. About a time when you had to trust God. But it was super super difficult. And she said. That's easy. I said yeah tell me about it. She said you. Do you want to think about it a little bit more? She said you. Honestly you. Like, Like God did some incredible things. But like I was really trusting. That God was going to. Do a complete work. But yet at the same time. I was hopeful he would. I didn't know that he would. I didn't know that he was going to complete that work. And so it was very difficult. For you know. And probably a ton of tears. I guarantee you a ton of tears. But I'm just telling you. The messages that we speak here, whether they're given by myself or Pastor Javi or any of the other incredible people that, that 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 have the gift to exhort, I'm telling you, we're just not giving you information. We're sharing with you things that we have to live out ourselves. That we have to live out ourselves. Like, like there's a rubber meets the road principle, right? And, and, and I'm just saying this, that we have to live it out. Mark chapter 10 and verse 27 says this. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are, are possible. All things are possible. Number two, she would say this to us today. When God calls you, the best answer that you can give to him is the answer yes. I believe Mary would say that. When God calls you, the best answer that you can give is yes. Remember Nancy Reagan? On the war against drugs, she said, just say no. Mary said, way before Nancy Reagan, just say yes. Just say yes. Luke chapter 1 verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You know what I think happened? At the moment that she said, may your word to me. Listen, you're going to become pregnant It's going to be the God child. You're never going to. As a virgin these things are going to happen to you. She said may your word to me be fulfilled. I believe at that very moment. Is the moment that she was conceived. I believe it was at that point. At that second. When she came into agreement. She said let it be fulfilled. I believe that conception took place. And then the angel. Then the angel left her. I want you to think about the coming days when, like, that's a pretty high moment. Angels here. How can I say no? But think about the days ahead when she begins to show, right? Her family is like, really? The community is like, really? Right? Joseph, really? Right? The religious leaders, they stone people for such things. like, Like when she said, let that thing be fulfilled, she laid it all out on the line. She was fully committed at that time because people that were unwed and pregnant oftentimes were stoned by the religious leaders of that day. Think about the anger moments that she probably went through. I don't know if she did or not. I'm guessing she probably did. The moments of questioning, the moments of frustration... Every single conversation that she had to have. Oh yeah, sure, God did that to you. Mm-hmm, sure. Right? The worry. She was a 15-year-old girl. When God says do it, I believe Mary will say to you today. When God says do it, she says he will take care of it. Number three is this. God leadings, God's leading. Who, who clapped? Let's do that one more time. I kind of like that. There you go. I like thank you. Everybody else get on the program. God's leading will open the door for God's best. I can't even tell you how many times that people that I served with in the Marine Corps or people that I went to high school with that, that know me very well, these, this question comes up more than any other question. Travis, I got a question for you. I'm like, yeah. How, how did you become a pastor? <laughs> and the truth is, how I became a pastor is simply God's leading. Like, I never for, like, like I, I would not have been able to share with you that I saw this happening. But it was the leading of the Lord that leads to God's best. It was the leading of the Lord that leads to God's best. It was the leading of the Lord that leads to God's best. And guess what? The same is true for you. It was the leading of of the Lord that has brought you. Come on, the blessings that you call blessings in your life. It's funny, when I was first saved, this was, this was kind of at the tail end of everybody being afraid to answer the call of God on their life because everybody was going to be sent to Africa. It's like, I don't want to ask God what I'm supposed to do. He might send me to Africa. But you know, now that I think about it, if you're called to go to Africa, that is the best for your life. There is nothing on the planet that is going to be able to compete with you going to Africa, your fulfillment, come on, your purpose, your pleasure, come on, the you, you, your identity, come on, the best thing that you can do is go and be where it is that God is calling you to go and to be. But God's calling often brings along some discouragement, right? And I believe that Mary dealt with this. It doesn't say a whole lot about this, and so this might be a far reach. But I believe that Mary was discouraged at times. She had to have been. She was was a person. I would be discouraged if I was pregnant. You better be discouraged if you were pregnant. Good. We're laughing. That's good. A lot of people, when they become discouraged or they become fearful, what do they do? They run. You ever known somebody? You ever known a runner? Well, where'd they go? Well, things just got a little tough and they ran. I believe that we can glimpse and it might be a stretch, but I believe that Mary did the same thing. Mary went to see her cousin, Elizabeth. This is the mother of John the Baptist. She pulls up in Luke chapter 1 and verse 42 This is what the word says, in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. Blessed is she who has believed, talking about Mary, blessed is she who has believed, not the woman who understood all things, no, the woman that believed all things. Blessed is she that is believed, not the woman that's seen it all happen. No. Blessed is the woman that believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And I'm just telling you this. Something that anybody served the Lord more than 10 years, 20 years, keep them up 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, keep them up 50 years. I love that. God bless you all. Um. Longevity with God breeds confidence, right? So when Mary was discouraged because she didn't know a lot of things when she was 14, 15 years old, you fast forward to Jesus when he starts his ministry at the age of 30 years old. One of the first things that he did is he went to a wedding. He went to the wedding or the marriage at Cana of Galilee. And they had run out of the good wine. They had run out of the bad wine. They've run out of, of all wine. And Mary comes running up to her boy. She's like, ooh, great opportunity for a miracle. She's like, mom, woman, I don't want to do a miracle today. Oh, you're going to do a miracle. And so he, she stops having the conversation with Jesus. That was going nowhere. She stops that conversation. You know what she does? She starts having conversation with the crowd. She's like, hey, come here. Whatever Jesus, Jesus is going to do something here in a second. Whatever he says to do, just do it. Like we're out of wine. This is a real problem, right? This is a big celebration. It's not going to look like he's making wine, but just do what he says to do, right? See, see this longevity. It breeds confidence See, at the beginning, she was not confident. At the beginning, she was discouraged, probably questioning all kinds of things. But she's had 30 years with Jesus. You know that you know that you know. There was a time when, when Mary shouted out to little teenage Jesus saying, Hey, we're out of sugar. Can you run next door to get the sugar? Mom, I don't want to go get the sugar. Go get the sugar. Are you sure it's not there? I'm sure. I've looked all over. Did you check behind the flour? Go check behind the flour. Boom. A 10-pound bag of sugars behind the little one-pound bag of flour. You know that Jesus did some stuff walking in the pool, you know, on the water. You, You know that time with him it changed some things and so now she gets to this point whoo Jesus is here everything's going to be just fine just do what it is that he says to do another bit of mary's words of encouragement would be number 4 stay connected to god the enemy i'm telling you wants you to be separate from god people will be used to separate you from god the enemy of our connection to god today is the pace in life That we live. And I'm just saying the biggest problem. I believe. Of why people are not connected to the Lord today. Is because we live at too fast of a pace. We live too fast. We don't slow down enough. We're we're going from here. We're going you know there. Luke chapter 2 and verse 16 says this. So they hurried off. These are the shepherds. They hurried off. Hurried. Underline hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby this is the christmas story here who was lying in the manger when they had seen him did i say manger when they had seen him they spread the word so they came they seen him now they left in a hurry to spread the word concerning what had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at the at what the shepherds had said to him but mary See, Mary was in a different category. She treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. You know what Mary was doing while everybody else was hurrying and scurrying? She was worshiping. And she was taking full advantage of the presence of the baby in her life. The presence of God in her life. And I'm just saying that this is something that we need to do a better job at. Especially in the day and the time that we live in. Amen. John chapter 15 and verse 5, when you're joined with me and I with you, then relation or the relation intimate and organic. What am I doing when you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can produce nothing. You can't produce a thing. I'm going to learn how to read this next week. All right. I want you to know this morning that some of us feel disconnected. You might be here and you're like, that's me. I'm disconnected. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. But I am telling you that you need to slow down and reprioritize God in your life. Slow down and get into his presence. Number five is this. Stay connected to your purpose. Like, listen, we do child dedications here. We did one last week. A baby dedication. We do, we do these. We don't baptize our children. You know what we do? We baptize believers. We dedicate, we dedicate our babies. We're getting ready to baptize another believer in second service here today. Thank you, Jordan. I knew that was you, too. Awesome. All right. So, um, Jesus, this is kind of a dedication that took place. He was dedicated by Simeon, Luke chapter 2 and verse 20 or 34. It says, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined. Now listen, she, she, she blesses. This is on the eighth day when he's getting circumcised, right? She blessed them. And he says to Mary this child is destined. This child has a, has a destiny. Shouldn't she know that already with everything that has taken place? I believe she did, but she also needed to be reminded. And this is true for you and I. Whenever it comes to your purpose, sometimes you need to be reminded as to who you are and what it is that God wants to do in your life. We can get caught up looking at what everybody else is doing and we have desires in our heart and, and, and things like that. And we can lose sight of what it is that God has called us and purpose for us to do. And I, I just think it's interesting. This child is destined. Of course he's destined. She knows he's destined. Everything that's happened shows that this guy, that, that Jesus has a, an incredible destiny ahead of him. But I'm telling you this that purpose can be difficult to keep at a priority. So his destiny is to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to become a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Knowing your purpose is the key, is the key to a successful life. Like you can be successful in, in 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 the world and people can look at you wow they got money in the bank new vehicle nice house everything's rolling for them everything's happening but guess what you can be unsuccessful and still have a lot of nice things and I'm just telling you that true success comes whenever You know your purpose in life. Number six, and I've only got seven, so I'm getting real close, okay? Stay with me. I've only got seven. I'm already on number six. Pastor's doing a great job this morning, right? Rolling, rolling. Number six, stay connected to those that encourage you. Stay connected to the people that bless you and are encouragement to you. I've shared this story a lot because it's such a powerful story a good friend of mine, Scott Jones, Pastor Scott Jones, he pastors in Humble, Texas, right outside of Houston, Texas. I don't know why they don't call it Houston if they call it Humble, but that's a different thing. Weird people down there. Um, so he pastors in Humble, Texas. He shares this story of a guy that that came to his church, and when this guy came to his church, his his family was just 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 torn up they were they were heading towards divorce and he had all kinds of business problems and everything was a mess comes to the church gets radically saved gives his heart to Jesus guess what happened family's restored everything's incredible business you know turns back up properly it's amazing what happens when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness it's like it really works right so this guy's restored. He's now a leader in the church. Well, he always told his his wife and I, him, they had a, this is before they were even saved, that whenever I retire, we're going to move. I think they moved to like Wyoming or something, you know, something like that. Wyoming, we got a Wyoming. a Wyomingite. I don't know what they call them, but... but. We're going to move to Wyoming. And so he retires and he goes up to Pastor Scott. Listen, we've always had this dream. We're going to we're going to move, man. Thank you so much for for everything. And so they move. They bless him. They they move. And uh, and just about a month later, he calls. He's like, Pastor Scott, hey, do you guys know of any good churches in Wyoming? Like that's around this certain area that we now live. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I I don't. So you fast forward just a year, one year. The couple's divorced, separated. They should be should be experiencing their their golden years in life together. They're not a part of a, a church. Everything that God had put together, come on down in Houston is absolutely ripped apart. And I have a hard time believing That they were in the will and the purpose of God because they separated from the very people that they were supposed to be connected with. Why? Because they had this dream and they didn't allow God to infiltrate the new dream after they gave their heart to Jesus. And I'm just saying that 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 was a grave mistake and and, and it's a sad, sad story. But uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm telling you what, if you find encouragement in this church, you need to be in the church. You need to be in the church often and regularly If you find encouragement in a Bible study, a small group, then guess what? You need to commit and make sure that you're part of that Bible study in that small group. If you find encouragement in women's ministry or men's ministry, or if you have a friend that doesn't even go to this church that's a believer, but she lives, you know, 30, 45 minutes down the road, then you need to make it a priority for for that relationship Come on, to be valued and and important. You need to make the time to make the trip. You need to stay connected to people that are encouraging you. All right? Number seven, and we're closing with this, stay connected to the bigger picture. I want you to fast forward. Jesus has been with Mary for 33 years. Fast forward now. Jesus is hanging on a cross. And Mary is watching this child That she has carried. This this child that she has cared for. This child that she has nurtured. Now Jesus has just been. You know he's been whipped and beaten. And and mocked. And and, and just mistreated. And now he's hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. John chapter 19 and verse 25 says this. Jesus' mother. His aunt Elizabeth. Mary the wife of Christ. Clopas and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple that he loved, which is John, standing near her. See, Jesus at the, on the cross is still serving people, he's still, still speaking to people. And he, Jesus speaks to his mother and he says, Woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, John, here is your mother. The Bible says that from that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. So he's hanging on the cross. This has just taken place. Do you know what the next thing that happened was? Jesus died. Jesus died. It starts with a visitation from an angel and it ends at him hanging on a cross. Hanging their dead from one of the worst ways a person could die. That's the story. So my question to you is this. What do you do now? What did Mary do? What did she do? What's the answer? Mary, come down from the stands. Come down onto the field. And tell me how you handled that. You know, there's something called the blessed hope. And this is the answer. The answer is heaven. When heaven is talked about in the scripture, it's referred to as the blessed hope. The blessed hope. There's a blessed promise. There's a promise that is coming. Like if I've heard anything, if I've learned anything, and yes, I, I absolutely hate seeing my son hanging on that cross. And we are... We are mourning at this at this moment. But the answer is, what do we do now? We keep our eyes towards heaven. And I'm just telling you this. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know your your difficulty. And the truth is, is you may never have peace in this life. You may have to contend with and wrestle in this life with whatever it is that you're going through. But I'm telling you this. The answer is the same for you and for me. The answer is heaven. You see, one day you're going to see Jesus face to face. If you're in Christ, one day you're going to be a part of of that great cloud of witnesses that are in the presence of the Lord. One day you're going to be reunited with your mother, your, your father, your grandparents, your grandmother, your best friend. If they're in Christ Jesus, not everybody goes to heaven. But one day if they are in heaven and you are in Christ Jesus, you raise up in newness of life with him, then you're going to be reunited with those loved ones. You're going to be in the presence of the Lord where we see him dimly. We experience him. How many of you had just a real powerful moment with God? Where, where, where you're just like, man, God came and just all I could do is just bawl and cry. Anybody here? Is it just me? Man, I have. And guess what? That moment with God is nothing compared to what's to come. Like we, we, we are experiencing just a fraction of what it is to be in relationship with him. Then our eyes are going to be completely opened. Like it would, I, I honestly believe it would just keel us over if the fullness of the presence of God was just, was just shown in all of its glory right now. We would just be like doop, 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 doop. That's people dying. That's a nice way of people just falling over and, and dying. The answer is heaven. We put too much stock into this life. This is not our home. God bless. I love it. I want to I want to live 100 years here. But guess what my hope is in the life that is to come. And the main reason I want to live 100 years here is because I want to be part of reaching as many people and experiencing my grandbabies and all the other great grandchildren and all of that cool stuff. But guess what if I'm not given tomorrow. I know that I'm raised again in newness of life in him. There's no question in my mind. No question because of God's grace in my life. My question to you this morning is this. Do you know? Do you know that you're saved? If you were not to be here tomorrow, do you know that you're going to be in heaven with the Lord? And if you don't know, I want to give you that opportunity to, to receive Jesus. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's every one of us. The most righteous person you know, sinner, need of a savior. Do you know him? Maybe you're here this morning and you and you need to recommit your life to him. Like, like you know, you've, you've surrendered to him but now you're just like, man, everything else has just become a priority and Jesus is way down here on the list. So I'm asking you a question. Is there anybody here that wants to give their heart to Jesus this morning? You're like, you know what? If I wasn't to be here tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that my name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. Is there anybody this morning that you want to give your heart to Jesus? This morning? Awesome. Vern, thank you so much. I love that. Come on, let's celebrate this morning. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? You're like, I want to know. Not a time to be embarrassed, not a time to be ashamed. Everybody's good. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and you're just like, I want to just rededicate my life this morning. I want to just make sure that God knows that I'm making a commitment that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He's a priority in my life. Anybody this morning? Rededication. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Right back here. Thank you so much. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand up. We're going to say a simple prayer. And I want you to to repeat this prayer after me, if you will, okay? You're thinking, a prayer can really do that? Yes. Every single person that walks with the Lord today, it all started with a prayer like this. Everybody, please bow your your heads and let's close our eyes and let's say this together. Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. Please cleanse me. Wash me and make me new. Today, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. God, I'm a sinner in need of this forgiveness, and I receive this forgiveness today. Today, Lord, I make you Lord of my life. I want to thank you, Jesus, for giving everything for me. And today, I give everything to you. I surrender my life amen amen come on let's give the lord a hand clap this morning now listen this is what we're going to do come on let's celebrate a little bit more than that right so this is the deal this is the deal i'm going to ask you to do something that i've not asked anybody to do yet but i'm going to ask you to do it here this morning if you have prayed this prayer whether it be a rededication or a first-time commitment, giving your heart to the Lord, I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to leave right now. I'm going to go outside this door, this side door, and I'm going to ask you if you would please join me in the front and just follow me out. I promise you we're not going to do anything bad to you back there. We're going to to give you some things that are going to be incredible tools for you, but if you will at this time, just follow me up here, and, and I'll have you back in here in about five minutes, okay? That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.